thecooperageproject.org. And from listeners like you who donate at wjffradio.org. Welcome to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. Wherever you're listening tonight, we thank you for listening. Coming up, we'll check in with Sullivan 180. Learn about their Healthy Fire Department's initiative challenge that's coming up. We'll get the details. I actually don't know anything about it because Patricio did the interview, so we'll hear from Patricio in the second half of the program, and I'll learn about it too. We'll also get the latest from Albany with the rollout of Governor Hochul's budget yesterday. And then reactions to that budget today. Much more details to come from Karen DeWitt. But first up, it's Thursday. This is when we check in with Wayne County. And more than 90% of Wayne County watersheds are considered high quality or exceptional value, which means just about any earth disturbance requires an erosion and sediment control plan under state law special care when working around waterways and wetlands coming up at the end of the month february 28th conservation district of wayne county will hold a free workshop for anyone involved in excavation logging or other earth moving activities so to tell us more about the upcoming workshop it's resource conservationist keith pearson live on the phone with us keith thank you for joining us on the program tonight hey good evening how's it going today Good, good. So, um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, some of these concerns that people need to have when they do excavating and the workshop that's coming up. But first, because you are a resource conservationist, can you talk a little bit about what that means and, and what you do? Yeah. So um, as a resource conservationist, I work for the Wayne Conservation District. Uh, conservation District started um, in, in the post-Dust Bowl era as an organization to uh, help conserve soil resources. So uh, doing that, I work to inspect, uh, do permit reviews and complete inspections for uh, erosion and sediment control, like active construction sites, waterways and wetland encroachments and that sort of thing. All right. And, uh, you know, as we said there in, in the introduction, I guess there's, I, I think, you know, topsoil conservation should be a concern to anybody, especially people who are farmers, people who live in agrarian lifestyle. Uh, but in Northeast PA, it's a, it's a particular concern, correct? Yeah. I mean, we have some really great high quality and exceptional value watersheds here in Wayne County, um, and all throughout Northeastern Pennsylvania. And uh, it's really important that we conserve our soil resources to maintain what we have, uh, to, to keep good, healthy agriculture going, and also to keep the water clean to protect our resources here. Great. So can you tell us a little bit about the some of the regulations that, that help, you know, do that protecting? All right, yeah. So basically, um, in Pennsylvania, they have uh, the regulations and they're, they're handed down it comes initially from the EPA um, regarding construction and excavation activity. And uh, they pertain to any kind of excavation or active earth moving. So, and, and we look at it if you're using like a, a machine, if you're using a piece of machine like an excavator, a backhoe, that sort of thing, 
And the, the state regulations are if you're disturbing soil in most of the state, you need to have, if you have over 5,000 square feet of soil disturbed, then you would need to have a written erosion and sediment control plan available on site. Um, but as you had mentioned, over 90% of Wayne County is special protection watersheds. And in that instance, with the special protection watersheds, then construction of or earth disturbance of any size would require a written erosion and sediment control plan on site. And so there's, there's a lot of little nuances as far as the, they're called Chapter 102 regulations that uh, pertain to uh, construction activities like that. And uh, here at the Conservation District, we try to, to educate um, first and try to let people know what the regulations are. Because, I mean, most people that are really involved in construction and excavation are going to be familiar with the regulations. But here in Wayne County, we have plenty of people that might just go out and rent an excavator or that might be just starting out in the excavation business. And we try to help to, to promote um, good quality construction and, and wise use of our resources by educating people um, about the regulations. Well, it's, so it's your, it's your job to make sure people know, but I, I'm curious, like, what you're up against. Is this the sort of thing that the average homeowner uh, will know about, uh, or is it the sort of thing that at least the farmers are aware of, that they they gotta, they got to watch out for these regulations? Well, I mean, it, it should be something that if, if you're using a machine, basically, if you're out there really excavating with a big machine, you should be familiar with the regulations. So, I mean, we don't go out and it's not an issue if you're out planting some petunias in the garden or something like that. You're not right. going to get in trouble with the, the Chapter 102 regulations. And we work through voluntary uh, compliance. So even if we go out and an issue on a site, we always work with people to try to resolve any issues and get the site back into compliance within a reasonable time for, for us and for them with their whatever project they're doing. So and so let let's now talk about the workshop. Then I assume like all the stuff that you're talking about, this is what you're going to go into greater detail at the workshop. That that's pretty much what it is, right? Yeah. So the workshop is going to get into quite a bit of uh, of more detail as far as what erosion and sediment control is. So, um, I mean, the basis of erosion and sediment control is to reduce the area that you're going to do the excavation in to minimize soil compaction and to reduce like erosion of soil that could run off into the water, and then to have some sort of a perimeter, what's called a best management practice, or BMP, like a silt fence or a compost filter stock that's going to be there to keep that, that uh, sediment-laden water from going into your, your clean, uh, high-quality streams here. And we're going to go over a whole bunch of stuff with that, and it's kind of yeah. tricky to try to fit this into a little window because I'm pretty dorky about it. So uh, you, you let me get carried away. I could talk about this for hours and, you know, put people yeah. to sleep. But and we, we've only got not to. Yeah. Oh, so you're, you're, you're even trying in the workshop itself, not to go overboard. You're going to be uh, checking yourself. Yeah. 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 I got, <laughs> I have to, I, I really get it. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about resource conservation and the environment. And I've really gotten into the, you know, the erosion and sediment control and construction. So, but we have a number of speakers, so it won't just be uh, me going on for hours or anything like that. All right. Could you could you tell me quick in just a minute how'd you get into this kind of work? What's your background? So I um, I've been out uh, in the outdoors hunting and fishing and hiking and mountain biking since I was a kid, and uh, I went to, to college for environmental science and then 
I've had a number of jobs in the construction industry and in various uh, uh, places, and, and then uh, ended up working at the Wayne Conservation District, and it's been a great fit. I get to work with lots of great people on the conservation and government end, and I get to meet a lot of great people in the construction and in the trades and agriculture. So. All right. Well, and thanks for sharing that with us because it, you, you do you are passionate about this, and it's because you're connected. You've been connected your whole life to the environment and what's going on out there in a practical way, as so many of us are, uh, you know, in this area. Uh, so, just to let folks know, well, the workshop. Who who are you looking to go to this? Who who is this aimed at? The workshop. So the workshop is really for anybody that has an interest in excavation or construction, as far as earth moving goes. We have we have a huge variety of people. We're pretty booked up as it is right now. We have quite a few people that have already signed up. Like we have people that are coming in uh, that work for townships, doing township maintenance and construction. We have contractors that are coming, people from the different various, you know, large contracting companies in the area. We've got engineers coming because the DEP and, and Army Corps will be there with lots of good stuff. So basically anybody that has an interest in excavation even if you're a do-it-yourselfer from, uh, you know, just has a house, you got a nice uh, tractor, or you're thinking about renting an excavator, it's a good idea to come out, and we offer it as a free educational service to the community. All right. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us, and we'll remind folks uh, again that the workshop, it's the Earth Moving Workshop that's coming up on um on the 28th, so the end of the month, people have a little bit of time to plan. There's more info at waynecountypa.gov. That's waynecountypa.gov. And uh, we've been talking to resource conservationist Keith Pearson. Keith, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, thank you for having having me on and for, for plugging the uh, workshop. We appreciate it. All right, thank you. When we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, get the latest uh, from the reactions of Governor Hochul's budget rollout yesterday. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. And just a reminder that it's going to get cold. It's going to get very cold. And there's a wind chill warning going from 7 a.m. tomorrow to noon on Saturday. Warnings more serious than a watch, which is more serious than advisories. This is a wind chill warning for our listening area in the Catskills in northeast Pennsylvania. Dangerously cold wind chills expected some as low as 35 below zero. The coldest temperatures expected from Friday evening into early Saturday morning. Uh, do remember Sullivan County has two warming centers that are open every night this winter, going from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., one at the United Methodist Church on North Main in Liberty, the other at the Ted Strobel Rec Center across from the Government Center in uh, in Monticello. So uh, keep that in mind. It's going to get cold, and uh, do be safe when you're out there. We will get right back into the program in just a moment. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Radio Catskill, your NPR station for the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. Welcome back to the local edition news and information keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, we've already checked in with the Northeast Pennsylvania. And uh, still to come, we'll be checking in with Sullivan 180. Find out a 
about the healthiest fire department challenge. But before that, it was a big news day in Albany yesterday, and we honestly didn't get to all of that news here on this program. So we want to take the time to do that now. We have the initial report on the governor's rollout of her first budget for her first uh, year and her first full elected term in office. And then we'll also have reactions from Albany today. And for this, we turn to Karen DeWitt. And again, uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul presented a $227 billion state budget plan yesterday that includes more money for schools and public transit and raises taxes on cigarettes. As Karen DeWitt reports, Hochul also put the spotlight on public safety, including another set of revisions to the state's controversial bail reform laws. The governor's plan includes a 10% increase in school aid, finally fulfilling a nearly 20-year-old court order that said more money needs to be invested in the state's poorest schools. Health care spending would be increased by about 8%, with $1 billion used for more psychiatric beds and residential mental health treatment facilities. The governor is able to add the money because of larger-than-expected tax collections and funds remaining from the federal pandemic relief programs. That's led to an over 8 billion dollar budget surplus. We set the table for what should be one of the most prosperous times in our state's history. But if New Yorkers don't feel safe, they can't afford to buy a home, they can't pay their rent, the cost of everything keeps rising, then nothing we've done will make a difference. To that end, Hochul is proposing that 800,000 new housing units be built in the state over the next five years, financed mostly by private developers, but 100,000 units of affordable housing would be paid for by the state. Hochul wants to hold the line on taxes. No new broad-based taxes are proposed, but she wants to extend a temporary corporate tax surcharge. And she'd add a payroll tax surcharge for businesses in the region served by the downstate MTA to help stem pandemic-related losses for the transit agency. Hochul also wants to raise taxes on a pack of cigarettes by a dollar to $5.25. The governor also detailed a public safety plan. It includes $337 million to fight a surge in gun-related violence and provides $80 million to district attorneys to hire more prosecutors and to better follow recent statutes that require them to turn over evidence to defendants in a more timely manner. She also wants to revise the state's controversial bail reform laws to allow judges more discretion to set bail when people are charged with serious crimes. Hochul portrays the changes as an attempt to clear up confusion caused by previous changes to the laws that she says now conflict with each other. But judges are telling us that they don't have the clarity that they need to have when someone's before them and meets the standards of being bail eligible in particular, you know, what criteria they use to determine whether or not to impose bail or not. Democrats who lead the state legislature have been resistant to making more changes to bail reform. Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty was noncommittal about the new proposal, but he says he wants to look at all of the factors affecting crime and public safety. Can we just stop focusing so much on bailing? For, for, for once, can we really start to concentrate on the stuff that really drives crime? 
Hochul held up the budget for nine days last year to win revisions. She says she won't comment on her strategies for getting an agreement this year. The governor is also proposing that public colleges and universities be allowed to raise tuition at a rate of up to 3% a year for colleges and 6% for universities. Speaker Hasty says he doesn't see that proposal flying with members of his Democratic conference. Tuition increase, that's a difficult one that I think is going to be tough for the conference. So we may, if we don't want the tuition to be raised on students... Um, We're going to have to figure out a way to pay for it. The budget address comes at a time of increased tension between Hochul and the Democrats in the legislature. A dispute between the governor and the Senate over her choice of chief judge remains unresolved. Senate leader Andrea Stork-Cousins did not comment publicly after the budget address, but she said previously that she has a good relationship with the governor and does not expect any hard feelings from the standoff over the chief judge selection to affect budget talks. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. Okay, and that's what happened in Albany yesterday. That's the initial reporting on the rollout of this, again, $227 billion budget from Governor Hochul. Well, it's been a day since that budget was rolled out. What were the reactions? Uh, well, for the uh, most part, she received praise uh, from many quarters for ambitious proposals to build affordable housing, fund mental health services. But not everyone is pleased with Governor Hochul's spending plan. Progressive lobbying groups want to see more taxes on the wealthy. Again, here's Karen DeWitt. The group say the governor's budget is too favorable to wealthy New Yorkers at the expense of working families. Hochul did not introduce any broad-based increases in the income tax, and she's against further raising taxes on the state's highest earners. They already pay more through a temporary tax surcharge. Hochul spoke about it at her State of the State address in January. A majority of economists are predicting a recession, and that's one of the reasons it's clear to me why we will not be raising income taxes this year. The governor is proposing extending a temporary tax surcharge on corporations for another three years. Michael Kink, with the progressive lobbying group Strong Economy for All, says other taxes and fees that Hochul is backing would burden those who can least afford to pay more. He says a payroll tax on businesses in New York City and surrounding areas served by the Metropolitan Transportation Authority would likely be passed through to workers. And he objects to an additional dollar per pack tax on cigarettes and tuition hikes at public colleges and universities. All of those things make costs higher for regular working people while protecting the billionaire class that she's serving. Kink says he hopes that the legislature, which is run by Democrats, will reject those increases and instead raise taxes on the wealthy through income and capital gains taxes. Tax increases on working people are unpopular and difficult. Tax increases on the wealthy are popular and effective. I think the legislature can make the right call on this, even if the governor can't. It would not be the first time that progressive Democrats in the legislature have influenced taxation decisions. Erica Vladimir, with the Invest in Our New York campaign, says in 2021, former Governor Andrew Cuomo initially opposed the tax surcharge on the wealthy, but the Senate and Assembly included it in the final spending plan under pressure from left-leaning lawmakers. And the legislature stepped up and stood with middle working class, low income New Yorkers to secure uh, an additional, now it's over $10 billion in in additional public funds. Um, And so we know they can do that again this year and that 
They recognize affordabilities top of mind for all New Yorkers, and that's what they want them to address as their elected officials. Vladimir and Kink say so far 50 Democratic lawmakers have said they agree with them. The push to raise taxes on the wealthy comes at a time when rifts are developing between progressive Democrats in the legislature and Governor Hochul over other issues. Some Democratic senators are at odds with Hochul over her choice for the next chief judge, who several left-leaning senators believe is too conservative. They voted down nominee Hector LaSalle and the Senate Judiciary Committee. Hochul later vetoed a bill backed overwhelmingly by Democrats that would update the state's wrongful death statute saying it would cost insurance companies too much money. In a scathing response, the bill's sponsors called a counterproposal by the governor half-baked and woefully inadequate. The assembly sponsor, Helene Weinstein, is also the chair of the chamber's Ways and Means Committee, which oversees budget decisions. The Senate and Assembly will release their own ideas on taxes and other budget priorities in about a month. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. And thanks, as always, to Karen DeWitt, Senior Albany Correspondent with New York State Public Radio. And thanks to New York State Public Radio Exchange for this reporting. And do keep listening to the local edition here every weekday evening uh, for these updates for what's happening in Albany. Well, here we are now. As promised, it's time to talk about who has the fittest fireman and how are we going to find that out? Well, uh, Sullivan 180 is holding a healthiest fire department challenge. And Lindsay Wheat is the outreach coordinator for Sullivan 180. And she spoke to Patricio Rabayo earlier. Here's that conversation now. So Sullivan 180, um, as you mentioned, we our, our mission is to really turn the health of Sullivan County around 180 degrees. Um, out of 62 counties in New York, 62 counties, Sullivan County is ranked number 61 in our health rankings. Um, so we have a lot of work to do, and we're doing it. Last year, we launched our Encouraging Healthier Behavior Challenge to our community, um, encouraging businesses and local organizations to make healthier decisions that hopefully turn into habits. Um, after doing some research on our local heroes, our volunteer fire departments, the statistics were staggering to say the least. So we went after our fire departments and we challenged them um, to make better decisions in their departments and uh, make this really a competition. Um, we hoped for, you know, between five and eight fire departments and we had 17. 17 of our local fire departments committed to this challenge. And in just this first month, um, they have really showed up. I uh, really coming up with the creativity of these Healthy ideas targeting social, emotional, physical, and mental health um, has been nothing short of amazing and enjoyable to watch it happen. It's fantastic that these fire departments took this challenge to heart and started coming up with creative ways to get healthy. Can you tell us some of the, the initiatives that these fire departments have taken? Yeah, so these are volunteers. They are so busy already balancing their home life, their careers, and volunteerism. So um, really easy on their drill nights and their meeting nights to, you know, order a pizza, um, but not anymore. They are coming up with healthier meal choices on their drill nights. They are getting together as a department and walking the O&W trails. Um, walking the uh, local tracks in their community. They are, uh, some departments have done a water challenge, challenging each member to drink, um, you know, the, the right amount of water on water apps. 
They are holding nutritional cooking classes. They are inviting doctors to come and speak to them and provide them with resources. Um, they're playing dodgeball together as a, a department again. They're um, having people come in and teach them classes, our suicide prevention classes, um, Narcan training, just really going over and above and really having fun doing it together again as a department. That's fantastic that they are, they are together. You mentioned mental health, and one of the the statistics I've seen is is the is the suicide rate of some of the first responders. So, and you're having them be together, play dodgeball, which is a fun game, and you know they're they're uh, they're talking and playing together. So, I'm sure that helps with the mental health aspect. You know, you're as a first responder, you always I guess getting together with other cohorts to go to jobs to do fire uh, rescue, to do EMT rescue. And sometimes you don't have that time together to, I would assume, to, you know, conversate and, and know each, about each other. And this is a great way to do it and helps with the mental health. It absolutely does. Um, you know, there there is a stigma about taking care of your mental health in, in these departments. And it's not that we don't have the resources in New York State. We have great resources. It's just getting them back into the departments again and understanding that mental health is a really important part of being a, a volunteer firefighter. How long this challenge will be going on? You mentioned that it started uh, the beginning of this year. How long into the year will this go on? So if the challenge is eight months long, it kicked off January 1st. It's going to September 1st. And we have two very big awards for the winning department. Um, we have a and generously uh, given to us by our assemblywoman, um, Aileen Gunther, who, has, who supports our local departments um, more than most. We have a first place prize of $15,000 and a second place prize of $10,000. These are grants that are much needed and much deserved in, in the departments. And we have smaller uh, awards along the way, our turtle awards, which will be donated from our uh, local communities and businesses as well. Yeah, that's great. You have a full, almost a full year of events happening and these five departments are getting healthy, and which is a good thing for everyone. Uh, we have healthy first responders. They're going out to the community to help our Friends and families. So I think it's a win-win. If we had them healthy, I think it sets a good example. It really is. And you can support this. Our community can support this and support our departments during this challenge. There are seven months left. Um, please go on to our website, Sullivan180.org. Go into our programs menu and find the Healthiest Fire Department Challenge. And there you can see a live tracker of which departments are in lead, what their points are, and that that's a way to really support what these amazing uh, men and women are doing. That's awesome. And of course, you know, you have some healthy competition between the departments, which is, uh, is always good because uh, uh, if they have competition, you know, they're getting more healthier. So They are, and they're having so much fun doing it. <laughs> Lindsay, since I have you on the phone now, what else is going on with Sullivan 180? It's a new year, so I'm sure great things are happening. We always have great stuff happening at Sullivan 180. Um, a ton of great things coming up in the community. We have our Snow and W coming up, which um, was so much fun last year. Uh, we have um, Hal from uh, Fortress Bikes. He is uh, 
just uh, donating, um, snowshoeing, and um, just so much to do. You can always get on our website and see what events we have coming up and as well on our social media. Um, so please uh, take yourself to our, our website, our social media page, and, and see what we have going on um, coming up. This is all good stuff. And like I said, it, like once we have more healthy first responders, I think we all win. So we were talking to Lindsay Wheat, Outreach Coordinator for Sullivan 180, letting us know about the Healthiest Fire Department Challenge. Thank you so much for joining us, Lindsay. And we hope to talk to you again soon and letting us know about the great results that uh, happened from all this. It really is. Thank you so much for supporting this. And I really look forward to updating you on these upcoming months and the work that these departments are doing. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Robayo. Thank you, Patricio, for that report. You can hear more Patricio Robayo tomorrow evening on the local edition. Believe it or not, it's going to be the end of the week already. Patricio hosting your Friday edition of the local edition. Make sure you never miss any episode of this program. Sign up for the local edition podcast from Radio Catskill, wherever you get your podcast from. Remember, you can hear us on air at WJFF on, on air. And also we're online at WJFFradio.org. We're also on your smart speaker or smart device. Ask it to play Radio Catskill. And that's it for me. You want to stay tuned because coming up, it's Ramble Tamble. I've been your host, Jason Dole. This is WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello, Republic Radio for the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for listening. Support comes from Bethel Woods Center for the Arts, presenting Robert Plant and Allison Krauss, with special guest J.D. McPherson, Saturday, July 1st. Tickets on sale Friday. Information at BethelWoodsCenter.org. This week on This American Life, Michael and Joan fell for each other. He was in prison. She was not. And as long as he was in prison, things were great. Romantic, even. They wrote love letters. They missed each other. And then he got out. And as you'd expect, it got a lot more complicated. What happened next? This week. Saturday at 6 on Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Radio Catskills.